Hello, and welcome to the podcast Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Hello there, and thank you for downloading this podcast in this really busy time of year for most of us between work and Christmas parties and family get-togethers and trying to plan big meals and church and everything. Uh, I know it's special that you've taken time to, to listen to us. I hope and pray that God would always be glorified and you as our listeners would be edified. Know that we pray for our listeners every day, especially those who are persecuted for believing in Jesus and seeking Him out. Today, we're going to title this podcast, If Every Day Could Be Like Christmas. If Every Day Could Be Like Christmas. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it and follow along. We're going to be in John chapter 18 here in just a few minutes. John chapter 18. There's a, an old song by Ellis Presley. And it's entitled, uh, Why Can't Every Day Be Like Christmas? And so I want to read the lyrics for you, for those who have not heard it. It's kind of a pretty song, but uh, interesting. I thought we could uh, talk about it. So here it is. I hear the bells saying Christmas is near. They ring out and tell the world this is the season of cheer. I hear a choir singing Sweetly somewhere, and a glow fills my heart. I'm at peace with the world, as the sound of their singing fills the air. Oh, why can't every day be like Christmas? Why can't that feeling go on endlessly? For if every day could be just like Christmas, what a wonderful world this would be. I hear a child telling Santa what to bring, and the smile upon his tiny face is worth more to me than anything. Oh, why can't every day be like Christmas? Why can't that feeling go on endlessly? For if every day could be just like Christmas, what a wonderful world this would be. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations aren't financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we'd be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website. Would you be in prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for listening, and may He have the glory. You know, every year when I lived out in, in western Kansas, that was really my first uh, congregation that I served in as a pulpit minister full-time. I would hear this song that we just read uh, overnight, Christmas Eve, at least at least twice on uh, KXXX out of Colby, Kansas. And Colby was hundred or so miles away, but that station uh, came in clear no matter where you were at, I think, in western Kansas, no matter what time of day or year. And as I prepared a Christmas sermon each year that I lived there, I used to sit at my desk and and I would ask myself that same question. Why can't every day be like Christmas as 
the song played, you know, softly in the background. And this music would take me back uh, to my childhood. And so the memories that I have of, of, of Christmas was being around grandparents, uh, my mom's parents especially. Uh, my mother fixed the most excellent meal of the year, in my opinion. Uh, all the smells in the house from all the cooking. Uh, we would go to church on Christmas Eve, and along the way home we would look at all the lights and nativity scenes and think, wow, that's just really neat how some people really decorated their homes. And, of course, we were always excited about Santa and, and told him what we wanted for Christmas. You know, and looking back, I, I always wanted toys from Santa. I think most kids do, at least in America. Uh, they probably want game systems now. But, you know, I remember getting underwear uh, for Christmas. And it was always somewhat, as a kid, as a disappointing gift. And today, I wish uh, Santa Claus, or really, if he was real, would bring me underwear. It's so expensive, and well, what a good gift that would really be. But I, I remember discovering Santa. Yeah, here's a warning, parents. Uh, you might want the kids to, to leave the room while you hit the pause button. Uh, but I, I remember discovering Santa was really not real by eavesdropping on, on Christmas Eve from the top of the steps in our house while my parents talked to my mother's parents, and they played with the uh, Lionel train uh, before they retired uh, for the night. Most of us who grew up celebrating Christmas uh, have memories like this that they, they probably cherish this time of year. You know, my wife is not from America. She's from the Philippines, and she says that, you know, her memory is, is her mom making a, a special kind of a rice cake on Christmas Eve. And then Christmas morning, they would take it to a neighbor, and then that evening they would watch uh, fireworks Christmas night. In her teen years, uh, the neighborhood would all get together, the kids, and they would play games and uh, talk about Christmas and it was kind of what we would call a potluck here in America. Everybody brought a little food and kind of had a block party. And she says that was some of the best memories that she had. But back to the question. Why can't every day be like Christmas? I certainly would like to live in a perfect world where there's no crime, no divorce, no malice. You know, where everybody walks hand in hand and kind of like this a utopia. That's kind of what I'm describing. And there's a lot of people in the world right now that would really like to do this. We, we have governments around the world that are trying to create what they believe would be uh, a happy, perfect world. Is you will own nothing and you will be happy. And that's really way the government here is really trying to turn to, and probably on a world stage as well. The problem is somebody has to pay for all this debt that this type of utopia, this world, this perfect world would create. There is nothing really free in this world. Somebody pays for something. And Jesus came into this earth not only to show us how we should live a godly lie, uh, 
But Jesus was also born with a purpose. And so read with me here in John chapter 18. John chapter 18, and we're going to start here in just a moment with verse 33. Get off the curriculum merry-go-round. When it is time to choose devotional books or study material, we have you covered. Small group and Sunday school study, new member ministries, marriage and pre-marriage programs, care ministries, divorce, grief, recovery, evangelism and outreach programs, Bibles for everyone, a treasure house of resources for these needs. Just click on the banner Church Source on our website. Okay, now I'm going to be reading from the uh, English Standard Version here. Again, that's uh, John chapter 18, verses 33 through 38. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own accord? Or did others say to you about me? Say this to you about me. Verse 35. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and and the chief priest have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Verse 36. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. Verse 37. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. And for this purpose I was born. I would come into this world to bear witness of the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, verse 38, What is the truth? After he said this, he he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. You know, Jesus was really born uh, with very humble means. Uh, we talked about this last week a little bit. His, his earthly parents were not wealthy by the standards of the day. Uh, not in Jerusalem. They did not live there. Uh, that would have been the central city of his day. He lived in a small town of, of Nazareth. And his purpose was not to see how many toys he could get, how many games he could win. You know, with this new age movement that Oprah stands up, has it all, they just have it really all wrong. The fact is, you can go to YouTube and you can listen for yourself. And you can type in YouTube, Oprah and Jesus. And you're going to find there that she rejects the fact that Jesus came to die for our sins. You can search this out if you don't want to believe me. I understand if you don't want to. But notice again what Jesus said. He was born for a purpose. And we're talking about the birth of Christ. There was a purpose for his birth, for his coming here to this earth. And it says that he was to bear witness to the truth. The truth is you and I are sinners. And Jesus had to come to die and shed his blood so that we could have forgiveness of sins. Just like Jesus was born with a purpose, we too were born with a purpose. We are all to bear witness to the truth. And some versions say testify to the truth, 
but this fact is there are no utopias in a fallen, sinful world. And here's the reality that Jesus was really born. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You see, again, we all have sinned, and the Bible is really clear about this since the day of Adam and Eve. How would Jesus save his people from their sins? After all, evil has not stopped since the day of Jesus. And the angel, again, would foretell this, this story and this child to Mary, that he's going to give, she would give birth, excuse me, and that the child would grow to be a man, and he's going to save his people from his sins. And this is actually the Messiah. And Mary would have probably understood the role of the Messiah for the most part, probably not completely. I think some of it was hidden. And we've talked about that previously. So, again, sin separates mankind from God. And and Jesus came to be that mediator between us by paying the price for our sins by dying on a cross. You know, the wages of sin is, is death. And that's exactly what uh, Jesus did. He paid those wages on the cross. He didn't come to this earth to be a cute baby in a manger and, and later become the celebrity uh, at Christmas time, uh, being this cute little baby in a crib and all that. Instead, he really came. He grew up be a man. He came to save us from ourselves, from our sin. And why do we sin? I was talking to a young man here a couple weeks ago back. We sin because we like it. I mean, sin is fun, and that's what we're told in this world. It's okay. If it feels good, do it. And the Bible's not against feeling good. The Bible's against sinful lifestyles and actions, because that costs Jesus his life. And it will cost us our spiritual life if we do not repent and stop sinning. I mean, again, Jesus came to save us from sin, from death, spiritual death, and that sacrifice on the cross for our sins. So the New Age movement really doesn't have it correct. And you're going to ask, some people are going to say, well, what do I really need to do to be saved and delivered from sin? And we're going to find that answer in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. We're told again, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that includes me. I know I have. We all have uh, the means of sinning, and we are guilty of sin. And we need somebody or something to save us. And, of course, that would be Jesus. Romans 6:23. Uh, why do we need to be concerned about this being delivered from sin? says, I, I will just go on living my life without forgiveness being offered to Jesus. Again, Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. But, but notice this, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're talking a lot about Christmas and gifts. This is the greatest gift you and I could ever have in our life and receive. And that is eternal life. In Christ Jesus. 
So, if we don't let Jesus take care of the sin problem, first of all, we will die in our sin, which means eternal separation from God, or hell, or Gehenna, whatever your little group calls it. Second of all, we will miss out on eternal life with God. You know, and heaven is described in the Bible as a very beautiful, peaceful place. Uh, I believe there will be work there for us to do. Uh, Adam and Eve, before they sinned, God, they were gardeners. They took care of the garden. And so, you know, we, we will probably have some kind of work. I don't know what that will be. I don't think the Bible really says. And we will be worshiping God there. So if you can't worship God here on earth during your training session, it's kind of what I see life at times, it, it's a training session, how we're going to praise God, how we will talk to God, how we will honor God. And so, again, I personally want to be with God in this beautiful, peaceful place. No more sin, no more temptations, no more stress. I mean, whatever you want to use for your own adjectives, that will all be gone. It will be nothing but peace, glory to God. And God's going to take care of us there as he does here. But in a much better place. Satan, the devil, the evil one, the adversary. I mean, there's a big conversation I had about that here a couple months ago at work. And so he will not be allowed to do what he's doing. All that will be done away with. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, and I look forward to that day. But the greatest gift is Jesus. This is what really is true love. Salvation is a gift. John chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. Everybody likes to quote this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Now, while most can quote verse 16, very few have studied the entire conversation that really Jesus is having here uh, with Nicodemus. But I really want to focus on one word. Verse 16 here says, gave. And just for this podcast, I, I want to say I really enjoy word studies. So this word gave here, according to Strong's Greek Dictionary, means this. It does mean gave, but it also means poured, offer, struck. That's just a few uh, of the dictionary says that uh, this word means in the original text. And think about this, listeners. This is precisely what Jesus did. He gave his life as an offering of our sins. He was struck and poured out his blood for the forgiveness of sins. This is why I really like word studies. Because it is amazing how deep the Bible really can be if you really want to study it out. And it takes a lot of time. Yes, you have to have some resources to do it. And you can buy those and download them. We have ways you can order that stuff on our webpage and not whatnot. But we need to know 
and understand the gift that God has given us. And the more you read the Bible, the more you pray, the more you're really surrounding yourself with true Christian fellowship, worship, and understanding, the more you will understand how sinful this world really is and how much this world really hates Jesus. Oh, it looks like it right now that they really like Jesus, and that's because he's in a crib. Uh, they've got him there. He's harmless. Babies don't hurt nobody. Um, in fact, if Mary was pregnant today, she might be forced to try to take an abortion in some places. And so God knows the heart. He knows that we are sinful. And I really, honestly, how many of us would be willing to do what I just described for family members? Being struck, pouring out your blood. Would you even do it for a friend? Or how about other Christians? How about a complete stranger? You know, while we can, we can read that salvation is a free gift, however, our salvation did have a price attached to it. And it paid in full by Jesus. While we're all out here trying to charge up a large bill on our credit cards and going in massive debt that we probably can't pay back quickly, and by the time we get it paid off, it's time for next year's Christmas, trying to keep up with the Joneses, as the old saying goes, uh, is that really necessary? You know, back to my memories of Christmas. My wife and I, we honestly uh, celebrate Christmas we take time to remember the birth of Jesus. Uh, we reflect on the things of the past and the memories and of our marriage and of what we've done. Uh, like at Christmas and when we were in Sholo, Arizona with our, our kids, we always called them. We, we, we took care of some kids there. We loved going out and buying them basketballs and things that they really wanted. But we also taught them and tried to teach them who Jesus was. And why did Jesus, why was he born? What was his purpose in his life? And that there's a purpose for everybody. It does not matter what race you come from, what part of the world you live in. God has a purpose for you. And it's our job to, to fulfill that purpose. Of course, the first thing, I think, is to glorify God through having obedient life, to searching out the scriptures, to learn who he is, and tell others about him, and pray with him uh, to him, and pray with others, and Encourage one another. All those things are very godly things that we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, for most Americans, I used to say uh, money was no object, but it is becoming an object. It is becoming a problem. Uh, not so many people are willing to financially support Christian-type words and ministries and things. But... You know, time is probably our most valuable asset as Americans, uh, and perhaps for others in other cultures that I'm not aware of. We pack our days so full between trying to go to work, take care of kids, uh, mow the yards, shovel snow, whatever, uh, go to church, school activities. Uh, there's always something. Our day is so packed with something. And somewhere along the way, we forget to add God to that. You know, one of the first things we do, I do, 
when we wake up, we say a little prayer. Just thanks for seeing us through our sleep safely. And thank you that we can listen to the audio Bible all the time in our bedroom. That's what we listen to. It always plays. And I know regular listeners have heard me say that countless times. And so we need to be thankful for the great gift that Jesus has provided. And, you know, there will be a judgment day. There will be a day of reckoning. Most religions believe that. So does Christianity. The difference is uh, there is no reward based off what you and I have done. Because really, in the eyes of God, we have not really done anything uh, worthwhile in that department. Only one, Jesus. Born, lived a perfect life, preached the good news, the gospel of salvation. He suffered. Uh, he was flogged, beaten a horrible, horrible way that most people would, would have died from the beatings. Forced to carry his own cross, uh, mocked and nailed to a cross. Uh, people poked fun at him as he hung there to die and bled and suffered. You know, would you and I be willing to do that for a stranger? Probably not, if you're going to be honest with yourself. Probably may not want to do it for some family members either. And so, you know, again, I wish every day could be like Christmas. The the happy memories that we have or I have of growing up. Let's show the love to our coworkers our neighbors, even the people who are delivering packages to the door. The list really is endless who we can show who Jesus really is. We could make every day like Christmas by telling everyone who will listen to the gospel story and how it all began and how it applies to you and me today. Yes, Elvis, what a wonderful world this would really be if everybody would accept who Christ is and live the life as Christians are supposed to live. I want to thank everybody for listening. I certainly appreciate that. We will uh, start uh, first of the year. We're planning to do another series. It's just kind of in the works and thoughts and prayer right now. So uh, about how to really study the Bible and how to interpret it using the Bible. So we're, we're thinking about uh, that kind of a thing. And so I appreciate you listening. Again, I know this is a busy time of the year uh, for so many of us. Please tell your friends and family about us. Uh, share us. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you're at on uh, Instagram, whatever. Tell your friends and family about us. Anybody that you believe uh, could... Uh, Benefit from this podcast, uh, forward our emails if you're a subscriber to others. Uh, maybe they would like to read them and, and get involved. There's so many things that we can do to help this podcast. We do pray each day for our listeners, you know, and especially for the persecuted church around the world. Again, thank you for listening. May God really, truly bless you. May he always have the glory from this podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. 
In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may he have the glory. Thank you.